I'm Kyle Paletto, and welcome to Walkthrough, Sifter's weekly recap on the biggest news in gaming. Each Sunday, I'll take you through the biggest updates, exciting reveals, and controversies in video games. Here is the news for Sunday 27th of March. Let's go! In news that comes as no surprise, but is exciting nonetheless, CD Projekt Red has officially confirmed that a fourth Witcher game is in the works. The developers posted a single image of what appears to be a brand new cat-like Witcher medallion sitting in the snow with glowing red eyes, along with a few short paragraphs confirming the game is already in development. The post explains that release timeframes won't be announced anytime soon, nor will details of the game's story, but it did say that the developers will be moving away from Red Engine and instead using Unreal Engine 5 for the upcoming release. People are already speculating on what the image could suggest, including the idea that Siri may be the main protagonist of the game. We'll be sure to keep you updated as more details are released. Inscription, the surprising horror puzzle title by Daniel Mullins Games, has made a huge impact on the games industry this past year, and judges have awarded it a slew of awards, including two Game of the Year awards in one night. Inscription won five awards in total, and it's the first time ever a game has won both major prizes at the combined awards ceremony for the Game Developer Choice Awards and Independent Games Festival Awards. Here is Naptali Faulkner, developer of Umurangi Generation, which won last year's IGF Seamus McNally Grand Prize, announcing the winner and Daniel Mullins accepting the award. Every once in a while, a game comes along from the indie space, which changes the entire industry. The indie space always informs the rest of the industry for the next decade. Be that a small Java game where you place blocks, an Armour 3 mod called Battle Royale, or a small shooter from the 90s about a space marine and his rabbit. So, 2022, Seamus McNally, grand prize goes to Inscription! So I actually, like, I wasn't kidding, I only had two speeches because I thought that was the absolute max that could be possible. Um, but the other thing I didn't mention is that the other nominees are fantastic and just so great, and to be among them is an honor, so thank you. Inscription won every category it was nominated for at the IGF Awards, picking up the Seamus McNally Grand Prize for Best Independent Game, Excellence in Design, Excellence in Audio, and Excellence in Narrative, in addition to the GDCA Game of the Year. It was a good night for Australian and Kiwi developers too. Brisbane-based Witchbeam won the Innovative Award and Best Audio at the GDCAs for Unpacking, and Mini Motorways by Wellington's Dino Polo Club won the Audience Award at the IGF Awards. Gran Turismo 7's launch week has turned into a bit of a car crash, with the developer issuing a statement apologising for a post-launch patch that locked players out for more than 24 hours and decreased in-game rewards, making it harder to buy cars. A post-launch patch reduced how much currency was awarded for completing courses, meaning it would take a lot longer to get new cars without spending real money on microtransactions. The title, which requires an online connection to run, was also knocked offline for more than 24 hours, and servers were put into maintenance mode, which meant most of Gran Turismo 7, including the career mode and multiplayer, was unplayable. In a statement posted to the PlayStation blog, Polyphony Digital CEO Kazunori Yamauchi said that the studio had heard the complaints from players and would be making changes to address them. Thank you for your continued support and feedback on Gran Turismo 7. Your voices have not gone unheard. I would like to apologize for the frustration and confusion caused by last week with our patch updates, which resulted in not only a server outage, but also adjustments to the in-game economy, which were made without a clear explanation to our community. 
To improve the player experience, we will be rolling out a considerable patch in the beginning of April. The number of events will be increased, and we will re-establish the reward system with greater balance throughout the game to benefit all players. The reaction over on the Reddit community of r slash Gran Turismo, who created more than 200 posts and comments on the initial change, have welcomed the changes, which include a million credits for anyone who logs in before April 25. The year of studio acquisitions continues this week with Sony purchasing Canadian-based Haven Studios. On Tuesday, head of PlayStation Studios Herman Holst made the announcement on the official PlayStation website, saying Sony was thrilled to welcome what he describes as an impressive group of industry veterans. And he's not wrong about that. Haven Studios is led by Ubisoft co-founder and Motive Studios founder Jade Raymond, who's been involved in the creation of some massive franchises like Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs. The post also confirmed that Haven Studios is working on a brand new AAA multiplayer game focused on freedom and playfulness, so keep an eye out for that. Speaking of Sony, rumors are circulating that PlayStation will announce their competitor to Xbox Game Pass very soon, with Bloomberg's Jason Schreier and Takashi Mokazuki reporting that the company will be set to announce their new subscription service as early as next week. Codenamed Spartacus, the service will allegedly debut with a lineup of hit games from recent years and merge PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus together into multiple tiers of subscription offerings. Rumors also suggest that, unlike Microsoft with Game Pass, Sony will not be including big exclusive first-party releases, such as the upcoming God of War Ragnarok, as day one offerings. It'll be interesting to see how this all develops over the coming months. Epic Games has announced that all proceeds from Fortnite sales between March 20 and April 3rd would go to humanitarian relief for people affected by the war in Ukraine. And with the latest update on Saturday morning, 70 million US dollars have been raised so far as people buy battle passes for the new season. That number is bound to keep climbing and Epic will no doubt keep us updated with the efforts. It's a really interesting insight into just how much money the studio makes each day on their battle royale. The fundraising effort coincided with the launch of the new Battle Pass for Season 2, Chapter 3, which removes arguably the most iconic element of the third-person battle royale, building forts, in exchange for an overshield, sprinting, and parkour maneuvers. Abuse allegations in gaming industry workplaces have unfortunately made headlines once again. Website GamesBeat broke a story late last week about alleged oppressive working conditions at Moon Studios, the development company behind the Ori series. According to interviews conducted by GamesBeat with several developers at Moon, a culture of casual racism, sexism, and bullying permeated the company with senior leaders using public work chat channels to criticize employees inappropriately. The independent games journalism channel People Make Games also filed a 40-minute investigative report on their YouTube channel this week, unpacking months of research and interviews connected to three different critically acclaimed independent games studios. The report explored the alleged abuse of dozens of employees at several award-winning studios, including Mountains, Fulbright, and Phenomena, all of whom have publishing ties to Annapurna Interactive. Here is Tony Cocoluzzi, who was an employee at Mountains and one of the first to publicly allege an abusive work environment at the studio, talking about the conditions. I posted that all that information publicly the day I was getting married. It's it was just this thing that was constantly weighing on me, you know, um, for. Just with everything I did in my life, and I was just like, you know, what? I want to get, I need to get this off my chest. I need to move on from it. I didn't expect it to blow up. I didn't expect it to get so many 
eyes on it and have such a huge response. Like I had hundreds of people reach out and say, you know, they're so sorry that this happened. And then they would tell me about other people and other people in the industry, especially like higher up, you know, kind of superstars. The report detailed employees' frustrations with sexism, racism, harassment, and bullying in their respective studios, and lack of support or empathy when attempting to work with Annapurna Interactive to help bring the CEOs into line. You can check out the full reports for both stories in our show notes. Sadly, this isn't the only story of abuse allegations this week, as Activision Blizzard continues to face lawsuits and more employees come forward with claims of sexual harassment and discrimination. This week, a current employee has detailed their experiences with the company, saying it fosters an alcohol-soaked frat boy culture and that 700 incidents have been reported under the watch of CEO Robert Kotick. The company is already in the midst of multiple lawsuits from both former and current employees claiming they experience rampant sexism, discrimination and harassment. Also this week, Microsoft, who is in the process of acquiring Activision Blizzard, confirmed that it would not stand in the way of employees who choose to unionize and wouldn't oppose those moves. Microsoft will not stand in the way if Activision Blizzard recognizes a union. Microsoft respects Activision employees' right to choose whether or not they are represented by a labor organization, and we will honor those decisions. Check the show notes for a link to the Bloomberg article that outlines the full extent of the lawsuit allegations and a Washington Post article that delves into Activision Blizzard's history with unions. And finally, the Future Games Show Spring Showcase has shown off a number of new titles, including car golf, musical team shooters, and more. A massive bundle of new games were shown off here, so here's a few choice highlights that caught our eye. Developer Jaw Drop Games announced Gun Jam, which looks to be a mix of rhythm game timing with the first-person combat that has you shooting to the beat to survive levels. Turbo Golf Racing looks like a golf version of Rocket League where cars speed along a track to complete courses and it'll be coming to PC and Xbox soon. Melbourne Game Studio Samurai Punk revealed Justice Sucks Recharged, the sequel to their 2019 release Roombo First Blood, which will once again see players taking control of Dusty, the robot vacuum, that gains sentience after fighting off burglars during a break-in. It's all very Home Alone and cites 90s action comedy films as a big inspiration. Swan is coming to consoles and PC sometime this year. Over 40 games were announced, so you can check the show notes for a link to see all the releases that were shown off. That's all for news. Here are the games you can get your hands on this coming week. Crusader Kings 3, the immersive strategy game, is finally coming to consoles. Originally released for PC in 2020, Xbox and PlayStation players will be able to jump in on the 29th. Hideo Kojima's delivery man at the end of the world simulator, Death Stranding, the director's cut, arrives on PC on March 30 and includes a high frame rate option, photo mode and ultra-wide monitor support, plus some Cyberpunk 2077 and Half-Life crossover content as well. Top-down action RPG Weird West is coming to shelves on the 31st. This game is a dark fantasy reimagining of the Wild West that pits cowboys against fantasy creatures and looks super interesting. Adam is currently playing through it, so keep an eye on the mainstream podcast feed for an episode on the day of release. And stylish adventure game Glitch Hikers The Spaces Between from Silver String Media arrives on the 31st of March. It's got a really cool aesthetic and is created by a diverse team, and it has you traveling through those weird in-between liminal spaces as you meet people and discover who you are. That's coming to PC and Nintendo Switch. Articles to read, videos to watch, and podcasts to listen to. Sifter.com.au. 
And that's it for this week. This has been Walkthrough by Sifter. My name is Kyle Paletto. Thank you so much for listening. Sifter is produced by Nicholas Kennedy, Fiona Bartholomew, Daniel Ang, and Adam Christou. Mitch Lowe is senior producer, and Gianni Di Giovanni is our executive producer. Thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the Walkthrough theme tune, and thanks to Omni Studio for their support of Sifter. If you'd like to support Sifter's independent gaming journalism, you can share our three shows, Lightmap, Mainstream, and Walkthrough, with your friends, or on social media, give us a five-star rating or review. It really does make a big difference, and it's free. You can also head to the Sifter store and pick up an excellent video game-inspired shirt designed and made in Australia if you want to look good and support media you enjoy. That address is sifter.store or go to sifter.com.au and click merch up the top. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with more news next Sunday.